Welcome to The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik. In 1982, Helen Gurley Brown, the then editor of Cosmopolitan magazine, came out with the book Having It All. In it, she claimed that the modern woman could have both a family and a high-paying career, just like a man. At the time, the idea of having it all seemed like a natural progression of the women's equality movement, something worth fighting for. Today, having it all can seem like an unreachable bar that just sets us up for failure. Instead of uplifting women and changing society, the pressure to be good at everything can feel overwhelming and impossible. And it's not just women who are feeling more pressure. Today's man is expected to be an involved father, an equal domestic partner, all while still working a full-time job. Gone are the days of single-income families and drastically defined gender roles. While we could argue that the pressure to have it all is more acutely felt by women, what's clear is that we're all feeling it. And then when you add in the desire to do something just for yourself, like becoming a really good runner, it's easy to feel guilty and even demotivated when you've got so many other things you're supposed to be getting good at. Running, and especially training for important running goals, starts to feel selfish. Can you really have it all? Welcome to The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and my mission is to help you improve your running, your mindset, and your life with science-backed training and plant-based nutrition. On today's episode, I'd like to address the challenges that go along with training to be as good as you can at running while also having a demanding job, a spouse, a family, and dealing with all the other responsibilities we have as adults. We'll explore how to know if it's even worth prioritizing your training with a demanding life, how to work with your partner so both your needs are met, and how to fit in your training after you have kids. Now, I know that many of you listening are already beyond the stage of having kids at home, but that doesn't mean that you don't have a busy life. Much of what I'm going to cover today will still apply. But next week, I'm going to create an episode just for you. It's all about becoming an incredibly fit runner, no matter what your age. If you're not already a subscriber of this podcast, please take a moment to hit that subscribe button now because you're not going to want to miss that one. And as always, if you need more help running your best or want to know the basics of plant-based nutrition, go ahead and order my book, The Planted Runner, Running Your Best with Plant-Based Nutrition, wherever you get books or request a copy from your local library. Or you can enter to win a copy for free just by writing an Apple Podcasts review. I choose a new winner every month. Don't forget to stay tuned all the way to the end of the episode for another Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. To get good at running, and I mean really good at running, you need to spend a lot of time running over a long period of time. And it's not just running. There's all those other things that you have to do, like strength and mobility work, too. Then there's the time and effort spent paying attention to your nutrition, sleep, recovery, and planning your training. Of course, part of what makes running your best hard is that most of us don't have unlimited time. We have a job, maybe a spouse and kids, and lots of other responsibilities besides running. 
to truly be your best or even a fraction of your best, it just takes a lot. But when the results pay off, well, there's nothing better than having done something hard really, really well. Trying to juggle everything can be pretty overwhelming, and there will always be times where you drop a ball. But there are a few techniques that can help make that circus act go a little smoother. The first place that I'd like you to start with is you. What does your training mean to you? If you love running for mainly health reasons, then it's not that difficult getting in the healthy amount of running into your week without it interfering much with the rest of your life at all. Let's call this kind of running exercising. You run for health and fitness reasons, both mental and physical. The Center for Disease Control, the Mayo Clinic, and the American Heart Association all recommend that adults get 150 minutes of moderate exercise a week at a minimum, which is two and a half hours a week total or about 35 minutes a day. Running is considered a vigorous activity, and they say that you only need an hour and 15 minutes a week or just 11 minutes every day. You can gain even more health benefits by going up to five hours of moderate exercise a week, but beyond that, there's not a ton of evidence that more exercise will make you any healthier. So that is less than 45 minutes a day of brisk walking. If you're struggling to even get in the minimum amount of exercise for good health, the techniques I'm about to share will certainly help, but we're going to go beyond just running for health and fitness. We're not just exercising, we're training. And when you're training, whether it's for a marathon, an ultra, or whatever distance that you'd like to get really, really good at, you're going to need to dedicate a good chunk of your time to this pursuit. And when I say really, really good, that doesn't have to mean that you're training to be the world's best runner or even the best runner in your house. It means that you are fueled with the desire to discover what you can truly do with your body and your mind if you care enough to focus and find out. So what is motivating you to do all this work? Maybe you started running for a totally different reason and you caught the bug. For me, I got serious about running in my mid-30s, trying to lose weight for my high school reunion. When I realized that I could actually be good at it, I was all in. I have what I like to call a worker spirit. I like to get things done. I like to see the results from my work and then say, hey, I did that. I don't sit still very well. And running is something that I saw results from relatively quickly once I started to get serious about it. With each new personal record, I wanted more and I was willing to work harder for it. I'm not gonna lie, it took a lot of work and time to train to eventually run a marathon under three hours at age 42. And there were times when it was too much and I needed to back off. But my why was strong and I kept at it until I did it. You might have different reasons for wanting to get better and better as a runner. Whatever it is, explore those motivations for a while. Think about them while you run. When you get back, write them down somewhere. You'll need them later. Now, if those motivations aren't immediately clear, that is okay. It could be that you're not quite fit enough to truly enjoy a good run yet, but with consistency, you'll get there. On the other end of the spectrum, you could be a runner that's run for so long that you don't even really know why you run. You're just a runner. 
or you could be someone that likes the idea of running consistently, there's something holding you back. That is something that you'll want to explore before signing up for a race that requires a huge training commitment. Your motivation or your big why is a critical part of training to be your best. You'll have to sacrifice other things in your life to commit to training. And if you're just not that into it, it's just not that great of an idea. There are plenty of other ways in life to be happy, fulfilled, and accomplished other than dragging yourself through marathon training if it's really not your thing. But if you've got your why dialed, now it's time to talk about the how. How in the world do you carve out 5, 10, 15 hours a week or maybe even more to be the greatest version of yourself when you have a spouse and kids and a house and a job and elderly parents to take care of and everything else in your life? I'll go over that right after this. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you know how much I love Neurofy by Prevenex. And I wanted to call out something special today. Prevenex runs their biggest sale of the year during Black Friday, where you can get 20% off any of their products. So whether you've been sitting on the fence wondering if you should give Neurofy by Prevenex a shot, or maybe you're one of the many listeners who have already taken Neurofy and seen great results, this is the perfect time to stock up. Prevenex's Black Friday sale will start this Friday, November 24th, and will run through the whole weekend. And as always, Prevenex offers a 100% money-back guarantee, where if you don't feel actual benefits taking their products, the company will give you a full refund, no questions asked. Use code BF2023 starting this Friday to lock in 20% off at Prevenex.com. That's P-R-E-V-I-N-E-X dot com and use the code BF2023. There is no hood like parenthood. When you meet a fellow parent, you just kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast. I interview changemakers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition, aka their mom sense and dad sense. I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. This is The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik. When you have big running goals and you also have a busy life, can you really have it all? The overly simple answer is yes, with good planning. 
but just because it's simple doesn't make it easy. If you're single, you don't need to collaborate with anyone other than maybe your work schedule. You can choose to wake up early to run, run on your lunch break, or run after work. The weekends are pretty much up to you, and running long shouldn't be too challenging. When you add a spouse or a partner, things start to change. If your alarm goes off at 5 a.m. for your run and your partner isn't happy about getting woken up that early, your running has just caused an issue in your relationship. Perhaps this is a minor issue, but it's always a good idea to communicate with your partner before you inconvenience them. You can say something like, running early is really important to me, but I don't want to wake you up. Are you able to fall back asleep? Is there a better way that we can handle this? Perhaps you'll find that it really doesn't bother your partner that much, or maybe you'll find a different solution, such as running after work, but there usually will have to be a compromise. The truth is that everyone living with a runner who is training hard for something is going to be a little annoyed or inconvenienced by you at some point. Would your partner be mad at you if you had to wake up that early for work? Hopefully they would be understanding if it's for work. So why not for your running? Now, I know what some of you are saying at this point. Running's not your job, thankfully. You are nowhere near the professional level. And this is actually just a hobby. Sure, running is awesome and getting better at that race you're training for would be great and running the Boston Marathon would be great and you could really get there if you had just a little more time to train and you know that you could do it and man, wasn't that last race amazing and on and on and on. (laughs) If you can relate to that, then running is not your hobby and it's not your job, it's your passion. And that is the reason why getting up at five in the morning is important to you. In fact, it is critical. And that's what you need to express to your partner. Hopefully, the person you fell in love with has passions too and will be understanding and supportive. Talk to your partner about their passions and ask how you can support them. It doesn't have to be completely transactional where you do this and they do that in exchange, but try to be the partner that you'd like to have. In a perfect world, when you say, honey, I don't want to wake you up at 5 a.m. when I'm going for a run, your partner will then say, hey, that's okay, babe. I want to wake up at 5 a.m. and we can go running together. And the two of you will run off into the dark together, jogging happily ever after. That is, until you have kids. (coughs) Kids will add a completely new element into your life and into your running. For women, pregnancy and postpartum are major game changers to your fitness, and those topics need their own episodes. When you have really little kids, your time is no longer your own, and despite all the planning in the world, it will go all down the drain when kids are involved. Getting your runs in will be much more difficult and perhaps even impossible unless you have help. Hopefully, you and your partner are good communicators and support each other as parents and as people, because this is more important than ever. Only one of you is going to be able to run at 5 a.m. at this point, so work out a plan with your partner so that you both are prioritizing your needs, because that will make you both better parents. If you have family in town that can help or you can afford some childcare, that is certainly a luxury, but I realize that that is not the case for many, many people. 
Single parents have it the hardest, of course, but here are a few suggestions when you need to run, but you have to parent at the same time. The free option is to make some friends with kids and swap childcare. Perhaps you have a running buddy with kids and you can watch hers while she runs and then you swap. Or maybe you have a friend with kids that likes to do something completely different, but the swap still works out for your runs. When you don't have a lot of options, you have to get creative, even if it's out of your comfort zone. Another option when the baby is ready is the jogging stroller. It's amazing what you can do during nap time, and most little ones love riding along for your run. As they get older, they'll be able to scooter, bike, or rollerblade next to you for some of your runs, and it's a great way to introduce your kids to a lifetime of fitness. Other options include finding a gym with childcare included or buying a home treadmill. Yes, these are bigger expenses, but if it's truly important to you, there is a way. Now let's say you do have a supportive partner willing to support your passion. You get up at 5 a.m. to run while he attempts to sleep in. Hopefully most mornings, everyone is still asleep when you get home and you all go about your day. But then the weekend comes, you need to get your long run in. Unless you still want to wake up at 5 a.m. on Saturdays, you'll most likely want to run a little later and hope your partner is cool with parenting duty. When you get home, you are sweaty, starving, and exhausted, and all you want to do is lay on the floor all day. That might fly when your kids are really little and love to crawl all over mommy, but that's not going to cut it when your house gets more active. Not to mention, your partner has just done the heavy lifting, changing diapers, and making pancakes while you were out running. It's your turn to step up to the parenting plate. So yeah, you've got to find an extra gear and be awesome. Your partner is doing an incredibly generous and supportive thing by helping you pursue your passion. What are you doing for your partner? Being grateful and generous to your amazing partner is the bare minimum. A great idea is to plan a relaxing activity with the kids after you've eaten and showered, of course. Maybe that's a Saturday movie, playing games on the floor, reading books together, doing a puzzle, or whatever your family likes to do to relax. That way, your tired legs get a break and you look like a hero. The key to making all this work is working with your partner if you have one or creating a support community if you don't. You might decide at certain times that you need to shift your focus away from serious training because you simply can't devote the time. Or if you are a marathon runner, there might be some times when you downshift to 5K training because it doesn't require the same time investment. Changing up your running focus can actually be great for your running, so don't be afraid of mixing things around when you need to. Thankfully, there will come a time when the kids are old enough to stay at home on their own. At first, you might just run around the block over and over again while the kids watch TV so you can check in on them every time you pass. Soon enough, you'll be able to get away for longer and not be worried the house will be burned down when you get back. <laughs> and then the best stage is the one I'm currently at. I know it won't happen to every parent, but wow, I really hope it does for you. This is the stage when you actually get to run with your kids because they like it too. They've seen your example of how positive running is for you. And finally, finally, they are doing it with you. 
One day, I won't be able to keep up with my teenagers on runs, but if they become as passionate about running as I am, it will all be worth it. If you're passionate about your training, but you also have a life full of responsibilities, remember that you don't have to choose one or the other. Perfect balance is a complete myth, and so is perfection. Good enough training is almost always good enough, just like good enough parenting is usually good enough. You're not gonna get a medal for being the world's best runner, but you might get a coffee cup that says world's best mom. But please don't give up on your passion. Our passions are what bring meaning and texture to life. Most people don't get paid for their passions, but it doesn't make them any less valuable. In fact, I would venture to say that part of the joy of training is that we're simply doing it for ourselves, not for the money or to put food in the mouths of our kids. It feels amazing to be an athlete and to show our kids that hard work pays off, being fit matters, and doing hard things well is the best thing there is. So have a solid training plan, but prepare to be flexible and creative with it. If you need help with that, I can create a custom plan for you that will fit in with your busy life at theplantedrunner.com slash plans. Communicate well with your partner and support system, and don't forget to be humble, grateful, and reciprocal. I'm not sure that we really can have it all, all of the time, but I do know that you can be the best athlete that you can be, but it takes a lot more than just running to get there. And now it's time for the Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Today's topic is good enough is good enough. As goal-oriented runners, we always want to do our best. That's a great quality that helps fuel our success. In running, being good enough consistently often matters more. Always trying to go the extra mile, literally, can lead to burnout and injury. Running faster than you should leads to overtraining and, paradoxically, improper training. But showing up every day and checking the box, nothing more, nothing less, is far more sustainable and effective. So aim for good enough on your run today and every day, and you might be surprised at how great you become. Thank you for listening to The Planted Runner, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Don't forget that you can win a copy of my book for leaving an Apple Podcast review, so be sure to write yours right after your run today. Reviews are the number one way to boost this show's reach, and it's a great way to tell me what you'd like to hear next, because I read every single one. Have a great run today. Hear Her Sports is a podcast for everyone who loves stories by and about women striving to improve and make a difference in their lives. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery, a former professional cyclist. In every episode, I introduce a female athlete or woman in the business of sport through a thoughtful conversation about who they are and the terrific work they're doing. 
My guests and I explore the glorious and frustrating issues in sports, history, equity, training, nutrition, and so much more. Join us for inspiration, for community, and for love of being a strong athletic woman.